Hello, I'm Sami Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher and the founder of Impi. My guest on today's podcast is Macy Bluebell. Many of you may be familiar with Macy from her work at the Coin Bureau YouTube channel. I ran into Macy at the last Coin Bureau conference in London, and I invited her to be on the podcast. We spent most of this podcast talking about their move to Dubai and the future of Web3 in the face of regulatory barriers. I think many of you will find this conversation helpful, especially if you're thinking about more Web3-friendly jurisdictions. Well, Macy, thank you so much for being here. I've been watching Coin Bureau for a very long time, and you often make uh, appearances. And I really love those segments where you come in and you know you talk from a different perspective. Sometimes you uh, share uh, your own experiences that maybe Guy is not necessarily uh, you know maybe looking at. Uh, yeah. at a time so so it's all really cool uh, always great to see you there and also I really loved um, the uh, conference that you put in uh, put on uh, in London thank you um, and I know that you know that was mostly your hard work so to make that yes. happen so that was great yes thank you so much thank you for coming as well because I know that's where we we first met and, so yeah yeah, yeah it's It's so good. These IRL events are are so great. And it's just a shame that we don't have more of them in London because more and more things are happening in uh, in the US. So I feel yeah. like we really need to, uh, or I want to really kind of like start um, doing more things in London and make London the hub uh, of, uh, you know, all these things in Europe. So yeah, so, um, definitely. I, I think there's a huge, uh, huge potential for London to grow. Like you said, there's a lot of stuff happening in Europe and specifically in the US as well. I've just moved to Dubai and there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff happening here. Maybe a bit too much sometimes. It's very really? busy. Yeah, it's there's stuff happening like nearly every single day. And the crypto community here is really strong. So it's good on on that front. But I think sometimes when there's too much happening, it can get really oversaturated. But I definitely agree with you. Like I was living in London for about two years before I moved here. And while, you know, I joined the Coin Bureau um, and I just, I didn't feel like there was that much happening in the space. And that's probably one of the reasons why I thought doing the conference was, you know, such a good idea because there is such a big community in London and the UK and there's just not enough of these in real life events and yeah I think it's just a great experience for everyone to get together to meet other people who are maybe living near you that you didn't even realize were into crypto because it's such a niche still and unless you're working in it like I'm very lucky to work in it every single day and obviously you'll feel the same as me but most people who are like traders they have their regular nine-to-five job and they do it as a hobby. So unless they come to these kind of meetings and conferences, they don't ever really get to hang out with other people who are who are into crypto. So, so yeah, I think it was a really nice experience. It was a great conference and I'm definitely looking to do another one next year. So yeah, I'll make London? sure to give you an invite. Yes, yes, in okay, London, nice. yeah. Okay, um, so uh, of course you probably remember that I think like in the whole room, there were like maybe less than 5% women. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was quite surprised. I was actually really shocked because I thought they'd be like me and maybe two other women. So I was quite surprised that there were, there were actually 
a lot more women there than I expected. So but, yeah, but, but still, still like, it was like less than five percent. Uh, but you had some good amount of women among the speakers, so, so that was helpful. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's something um, that definitely, you know, I was glad because we had I think we had three female speakers, uh, so we had a high number of speakers there. And I actually, quite a lot of the guests and the male guests were coming to me and saying like, why are you not speaking on stage? Like, we'd love to hear from you. And yeah, yeah, it was really, I don't know. I think because basically like the event was organized completely by myself. It was a lot to organize and it was like way more, way more to put in than I like first anticipated. And I was there like the evening before setting everything up. I'd barely slept all week. And I think because I was obviously in charge of the operations on the day, I think if I'd have also added on like a discussion on stage, I think that might have just thrown me over the edge. Um, But the one that I'm planning for next year, we have like a team coming in to help with me. So there'll be people helping me set up and helping do everything beforehand. So the logistics will be taken care of. So I think this, like the next event for next year, I think I'll definitely be able to get involved in some of the panel discussions. So, which I'm looking forward to because yeah, it would have been really nice for me to get on stage and and obviously the audience recognize me. And and yeah, so next time I'll definitely try to, to not put too much effort into the logistics and have some more free time to, to get on stage and join in because yeah, I think, there's still a lack of females in the space. It's still very highly saturated. And, you know, the more of us that can get out there and speak and represent, it's it's really important. So I think, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely do some speaking. Next time. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Let me know. I'm happy to help as well. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about your move to Dubai. So, so the whole com- company has moved to Dubai. So... We have the core members here. We're still a very small team. There's five of us in Dubai at the moment. We have a couple of our other team members that are spread out across the globe, you know, very decentralized. Um, And one of the reasons why we decided to come to Dubai is because beforehand we had myself and Guy, we were based in London. And then we had uh, someone else in Canada. We had someone in Edinburgh. You know, we we were all over the place. And... You know, while that's the nature of the business, it's the nature of crypto, everyone's spread out everywhere, everything's done remotely on your laptop. We thought it would be a great opportunity to bring everyone together and actually work under one roof. Um, So yeah, that's one of the main reasons why, but we still have quite a few people who are just spread out everywhere, like more of the research team who are just deep into reading articles all day long. So, So yeah, but about five of us are here at the moment. And um, was the regulation uh, or regulatory environment one of the reasons why you chose that, would you say? Yeah, and yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons. First of all, it's obviously the Middle East is central to a lot of different places where we might be traveling for work or potentially a future conference. Um, Also, the fact that it is a crypto hub here. Like I said, since since I've been here, the amount of people that I've met in the industry and the amount of events that are happening, um, how open everyone is here as well. Like people share contacts here quite a lot in the crypto community. So that's another one of the reasons. And 
of course tax is another one of the reasons like i'm not even gonna lie that's one of yeah, the can you tell reasons. me more about that because i think a lot of people listening to this like i'm considering it myself i won't lie i'm not a big fan of living in dubai you know because i'm yeah. originally from iran so uh, the the culture um is not very female friendly and the thing is that especially if they know that you are maybe like you're originally from iran or something right Mm -hmm. they would uh they would still think of you as one of them and not necessarily as a you know a a european kind of expert yeah exactly so 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 even if i'm a british citizen you know like they would they would still think of you as not um not a westerner right and as a result Mm -hmm. of that the treatment is a specific way, <laughs> you know, for okay. all, towards women, right? Like there, there's generally, it's difficult for me to, to discuss these things because it's hard to generalize, but this has been my experience over and over. And I grew up in Iran. I was born and brought mm-hmm. up in Iran. Uh, yeah. And I, I came to the UK when I was 23. And um, I studied here, paid for my own education, you know, uh, got two masters in political science and philosophy of science and technology, then went into media, worked as a TV producer, and then went into, uh, you know, Web3. So, um, and of course, also, I have another company as well, which is a marketing agency. So, uh, so I've been here, uh, you know, for a long time, and now I'm a British citizen. But whenever I go to the Middle East, there is a... I don't want to say lack of respect, but there's some level of thinking of women as almost like a secondary um, second citizen or what do they say? Like, you know, like not not yeah. not quite the same level of, you know, respect that you would get as a man or even as, a, uh, you know, European Western. Yeah. So so I have this concern about moving to Dubai. And of course, it's also the weather, right? Like it's just too hot, and you're in. It's just yeah, it's just started to get quite nice because obviously it's coming into their winter. So there's like I went for a walk earlier in the middle of the day, and I'm wearing a black dress, and I wasn't like running inside sweating because when I first got here, it was August, and I was like, how am I going to live here? Because yeah, it's, it was way too hot, and then you go inside, and then it's freezing cold because the aircon's on everywhere. Uh, but yeah, it's just started to cool down. So it's quite, it's bearable now. But that's another thing. You're either too hot outside or then you're spending all your time indoors. And yeah, I mean, it, it's literally like a, it's a concrete desert, to be honest. Like, yeah. and going back to what you said about not wanting to live here, I think me personally as well, if it didn't benefit my work and there wasn't the, the lucrative like tax initiative I probably would be elsewhere as well but obviously for work it's great and for future like saving money it's great here so I'm trying to look at it that way like a small investment of my time tell me more about the tax stuff because um isn't it like the cost of living higher i mean it's not a cheap place right so isn't no, it like monaco where uh like for example people go to monaco not to say uh, not to pay tax but actually it's the cost of living is so high that uh it works out of that the same so so how how, how does that part of it work is it because they're specifically being lenient for uh towards the crypto and and web3 do you know this community called bedu um what I think I've heard they're, of them before. Like they're working on uh, 
uh, UAE metaverse strategy. They're going to come okay. and do a session on our platform. Um, yeah. So, so is it because of the specific, you know, attitude towards crypto that you find that uh, very beneficial? Yeah, I think obviously a lot of new legislations are coming into place in Europe specifically, which is where I resided before. And here, they actually, there's like legislations, there's initiatives for crypto. So the government here are doing a lot of things to be like to benefit people who use crypto. And they have new things coming in all the time. And like, I obviously don't speak to any of these people, but I... I actually spoke to a couple of uh, crypto Web3 lawyers yesterday who might be attending some of the events next year. And yeah, they were telling me about like new initiatives coming into place um, all the benefits that the government are trying to to give to crypto companies and to allow people to use blockchain here and Web3, which I think for me, like I think that's really innovative because Europe, on the other hand, are doing the opposite and they're trying to sanction people and stop people using it. And I even had a message the other day from my bank in the UK telling me, you can't send any money to your crypto wallet and you can't take it out. So to me, that's like they're banning the use of crypto. Um, Whereas here, that doesn't happen. And, you know, they're actually trying to come up with technology and ways where retail businesses can use crypto and people can use crypto in their business they can use metaverse for their business and i think that's really important and that's another reason why i do like dubai is because they're thinking ahead and they know that this thing isn't going to go away and instead of trying to reject it they're actually welcoming it which i like and they're trying to be like forward thinking and be involved in the community rather than cutting ties with everyone and and banning people from using it and yeah i think that's a a huge difference from europe to dubai europe is doing the opposite dubai is actually thinking you know this is the next big thing and how do we get involved so so yeah that's that's another positive that's interesting i think this conversation will be super interesting to so many people because many people are thinking about uh, you know, where do I go to build a business, you know, around these, um, uh, these technologies. So, so a lot, a lot is happening in the U S a lot, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, like all the most amazing events are in the U S. So let's say like art Basel, you know, like when I look at people who were at art Basel this week, um, you know, I, I really, I couldn't go because I need a visa because even though I'm a British citizen, I need a visa. Apparently this was an, a new thing that Trump put in place where if you were born in Iran, you would need uh, a visa to go to the US. I didn't need a visa before I could get an oh. but last year when I tried to go to NFT NYC, I had everything ready my flight, everything, right? And and then when I got, when I went to get my ESTA, um, it, they said that I didn't qualify for it. And then I, I found out that it was a new thing. So, and then they gave me a, a visa appointment for like seven months later. So my visa appointment is in, is in January. Yeah. So okay. but yeah. once I get that, then, then I will get a 10 year, uh, visa where I would be able to spend six months a year in the U S so, yeah, so there's so much happening in the U S and I don't know how people are managing it because the regulations in the U S is no better than EU, right? So, mm-hmm. 
So it's fascinating to look at how companies, you know, businesses are, are managing to still build. Um, and maybe this is the reason why so many people are anonymous, you know, because they are, you know, they're trying to make money in ETH or in Bitcoin, mostly in ETH, mm-hmm. people who are, you know, um, actually building businesses because Bitcoin is not really used quite the same way as, as ETH. Um, yeah. Or, so so they're, they're trying to earn in ETH, then they try to stay anonymous. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's how they uh, survive in, in the US. Yeah, so a lot of people are doing that. But yeah, um, yeah so, so what are your thoughts on, you know, I mean, how small can, can it get for areas where uh, it, it's going to be crypto friendly? you know, and, and everybody's going to kind of move. It's not like everybody's going to move to Dubai, right? So how no. is this going to proliferate in the long run? You guys are doing a lot of research, right? So you, you, you obviously think that um, this uh, technology is going to be, you know, worldwide eventually, but is it, is it going to be worldwide? If it's, if it's like only there are a few small places where you can use this technology so freely. Yeah, I think, uh... I think myself personally, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think it will be. And I think that the more the governments try to stop this stuff happening, the bigger the use case becomes for decentralization and for cryptocurrency. Because, for example, right now they're building their CBDCs. Well, that's like terrifying for me personally, for people who might be using them, because that just gives the government more control and you know, they can see what you're spending, they can stop you spending, they can punish you if you're, if you speak out against them or you do something wrong. And I think this just builds an even bigger use case. I, I was talking to someone the other day actually about this and particularly in countries where uh, the government have uh, put sanctions on people, uh, they see a really big use case for cryptocurrency, blockchain and web, you know, for the Web3 space. Uh, Western countries like Europe, uh, America, uh, the UK, we've never been in a situation where like even in the 2008 recession, you know, we were hit quite hard, but the banks were were able to recover people's money. So we've never been put in a situation where we need to question anything. So I can understand why people are skeptical about the technology still. But then for countries, for example, um, like we had it in Canada recently, the government stopped people's bank accounts. Uh, Russians who have nothing to do with the war, but they're just Russian citizens had their funds stopped. And a, re- and a way that people were able to send money was cryptocurrency. Uh, and I think the government's probably scared because they can't, they can't take control of this. And, and how do governments survive? They take control and they take money off people and that's how they fund themselves but with cryptocurrency it's hard for them to do that and you know I I get what you're saying and I can see why people might be skeptical but I think the more the more they put like bans on things and they stop people using certain things and applications people will actually start to think like why are they doing this and how is there a way that we can avoid this situation and one of those ways is web3 technology and that's why 
yeah I, I just think that there's a huge use case not even just with like funds but other things as well like digital identities um freedom of speech for example like you saying you're from iran like the stuff that's happening in iran right now and people are being completely silenced shut down like the main mainstream media aren't even talking about it so i think with web3 there's so many things that we can build on and we can stop this happening in the future and that's probably why governments like uk europe usa are trying to crack down as much as possible because they're probably scared you know and i'm i'm not surprised to be honest no definitely it's um it's pretty scary where things are going especially with the cbdc's so yep. so tell tell us a little bit about you know for, for people listening thinking you know maybe uh wanting to build businesses when you come into dubai what do you what can you expect like what happens what's the process you know just just a bit of an inside knowledge into mm-hmm. you know what's the process like you know whether you are uh, a european citizen or you know you're a, a u.s citizen i feel like you're like an advertising for dubai <laughs> you know, <laughs> i know i'm sponsored by the dubai government <laughs> but yeah look tell, so. tell, tell me a little bit about that because yeah just an inside knowledge of what what to expect yeah so i can't talk from a business perspective because obviously i came as part of the business um but i know from what i've heard that it was it was quite difficult to get everything established in terms of bank accounts because there's quite a lengthy process here it's not as fast as when you're in the uk and europe to set up a bank account but i arrived on a visa i had my visa stamped in the airport i sent my copy off to an agency that i was dealing with and there's a lot of agencies here as well so people shouldn't have any difficulty with you know speaking to people getting help there's even specific companies here which help with crypto companies so they'll do everything for you they'll find out where you can have a business and set everything up for you um but going back to my personal experience sent my uh, visa off then you go in for medical checks make sure that you're not bringing anything into the country uh once the medicals confirmed then you get your final visa and then once you have your final visa uh you get your id and then once you have your id your emirates id everything just becomes really simple because then you can go you can get a bank account you can get a phone contract you can go get an apartment before that it's quite frust- not frustrating but it's quite you know kind of like you're sitting in limbo waiting for things to happen and it takes a while to get going but saying that I was here for about two months before everything had fa- been finalized so it's not too bad but I guess it's the same when you move anywhere you know you're starting from the bottom and then trying to set everything up so it's it's more just like the setting up of everything that's frustrating because you you know you're but like you can oh. still work right Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came in on a working visa. So I was able to work. And I think uh, there's different types of visas that you can get. I The one that I had was I come into the country and then I do everything while I'm here. There are some other visas where you can apply while you're out of the country and you have your visa before you arrive here. So you could straight away, for example, go and get your apartment, bank account. I had to wait slightly. Uh, but yeah, like everything was, was fine because... I had my working visa so I think as long as you have some 
form of visa in place you're okay to come and to work here but not not legal advice i don't <laughs> just in case yeah no 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 this is interesting okay so tell me a little bit about how the recent collapses I was going to say the recent collapse, but there's been so many of them. Oh my God. Yeah. Which one? Which yeah, one? Exactly. Right. Like, so yeah. So this year, how has this year impacted, uh, you know, like I'm guessing that these um, kind of more lenient, um, you know, a- approaches to crypto and, and Web3 uh, started out in the bull run. So, so how's, mm-hmm. how's the, uh, the bear market, how, how are they dealing with the bear market over there? And yeah, and, and with all the collapses. I think what everyone's trying to do right now is just, first of all, we're obviously a media platform. So we're trying to bring education. We're doing a lot of research, trying to get the right information out there. I know a lot of projects are use, using this time to build and develop uh, to make sure that their product is perfect, ready for the next bull run. And yeah, just that there's not much anything, there's not really anything anyone else can do. But I think, you know, next year is going to be a really rough time for the markets. It's not going to pick up all of a sudden. In fact, it could get a lot worse. And I think although it's a bad place to be and you're kind of in the trenches, it can be quite scary at times. Um, it's also quite good because you're weeding out those bad projects, you know, so it's like only the strong survive. Uh, kind of thing which is really cheesy but <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's weeding out the bad projects making sure that the good projects are developing and when we come to say 2024 when the next bitcoin halving is we have these really strong use cases to then bring in more mass adoption we can bring in you know new retail companies who might be interested in the space and we have everything in place so that things like this don't happen and it's unfortunate that these things do have to happen, but we're still a very young industry. And I think, you know, these mistakes, they're prone to happen when it's such a new industry still. So, so yeah, and I think, I think as well, like the previous couple of years, like you said, a lot of things have been really hype driven. When the markets are up, everyone has money to spend and anyone can build a project and things fall through the cracks because everyone's so busy as well. Like when when we're in a bull run, everyone's busy uh, dealing with customers or trying to get content out quickly. And and you tend to miss these, these things that you might pick up on in another case. So yeah, I think although it's going to be a rough time next year, I think it's also going to be really good for, for the long-term perspective of things. So do you think that your personal uh, approach and your personal kind of conviction of the space uh, do you ever wake up in the morning and doubt it? Um, yeah, I do, especially you when do these things that. happen. Yeah, I mean, not to the point that I don't believe in it. I just think I get frustrated because I know that there's so many people out there that already doubt the industry that it frustrates me as somebody who's in the industry to think that, you know, when, like, for example, the FTX thing happened, big headlines cover that and then, the mainstream media pushes it out and then people who are already skeptical about crypto that's that's all they see like they don't see the good things they see the negative things and then that just frustrates me because i think like i i know what's been built and i deal with projects all the time and i know that there's great projects out there and there's really good use cases but i feel like instead of the media covering those good use cases 
something like this happens with SBF and FTX and Alameda and you know all of a sudden the media picks it up and then all the doubters are like yeah it's a it's a scam and you know it's going to zero but I don't think for for all the times that I get frustrated like I, I'll always believe in the industry and I don't think it's going anywhere and I think if anything it's just going to keep growing the more that people see good things happening the more people are going to kind of flock to it and realize that it's you know there are use cases there and it is valuable and people can use it really well so so yeah I think I it's not that I don't believe I think it's just that I get slightly frustrated especially when you know we had the Luna we had the Luna thing and I thought like I thought that was crazy in of itself and I was like that that has to be it that has to be it and then of course this happened and I was just like so shocked and I think especially with the exchange being the exchange that it was and SBF being this like savior or whatever him being this good guy for that to happen it's like wow and you just like I didn't see that coming I did not see that coming at all and I don't think many people did so no and it's like who can you trust right like um exactly first it was Alex Mashinsky and and uh, you know I was like wow I couldn't believe it because he was such a um presence in the media yeah. right and 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 then SPF and it's like who can you trust like who I know can you trust I know exactly and I think yeah they're the times that I just think you know what is happening why is this happening why like like you said you thought this person is someone different to who they actually are and then it all unravels and then you start seeing things you're like why didn't I pick up on that like why didn't I see that before but yeah it's just one of those unfortunate things and I think the market doesn't help any of these situations uh, like I said I think while the market's down things get weeded out and we just have to come back stronger from it I guess we just have to try and be positive and yeah but it's it's quite interesting because um you know as opposed to the previous uh, bear markets there's so much going on still you know like for example we have this um educational platform we have daily live sessions people are mm-hmm. coming in learning about i really think that NFTs have had a big impact on the cultural uh, aspect. One hundred percent. Like honestly, like if it wasn't for NFTs, this bear market would be a lot worse. Because yeah. of the NFTs, a lot of people who got into the space they are attached to their JPEGs and you know, and the culture that has been built around it. Yeah. So like we we released our and uh, our Genesis NFTs we released at point uh, point one. And now it's uh, sitting at one and a half ETH in this market okay. within three months, right? Like we released it 12 weeks ago. So in, okay. in this market, it's still going up. And I just think like we, if we were in the bull market, how much better it would have been, you know? So yeah. um, projects like us who are continuing to build in this market and who are, you know, the people who are still holding on to those uh, tokens and who are still coming into the discord every day and coming onto the platform and and um you know staying engaged you know those will be the winners of the next um next run yeah i going back to what you said i mean you know it's completely different to the last bear market and i think yeah there's there's too much 
like been built into it already and like look at all the huge companies that are part of nfts and metaverse for example you know like the likes of nike adidas and it, if it wasn't a good use case these companies wouldn't be involved in the first place there's so much institutional money this time compared to the last um bear, bear market that i just can't imagine it going anywhere which is why i think there's going to be great things built next year there's going to be developments happening and you know it's the perfect time to do so while the markets are down in order like it preparing for the next bull and yeah like like, like i said these huge companies wouldn't be pouring money into it if if it was a scam or you know if it was going to zero it just wouldn't it wouldn't be happening like they're smart companies they have teams of thousands you know doing research and and yet they're still in the space and even i was it who released the sneakers last week was it nike uh i can't remember nike with artifacts or something i yeah yeah, yeah with artifact yeah uh so they yeah they literally released another yeah it was a thing yeah because i uh i spoke uh it wasn't next uh, last week i think it was like a little bit before that because i spoke at a a conference in Spain uh, and we showed uh, the the reel that they had for it mm-hmm. artifacts yeah with Nike it's just fascinating yeah exactly it's happening like yesterday I bought um, my G-Money Admit One um, you know new t-shirt that that is um, uh, in collaboration with uh, Snowfro at Artblocks you know I bought it for point 45 uh east mm-hmm. uh, you know in this market so there are still people who who believe in that uh that yeah. stuff and and i think yeah i think with the um the younger generation as well like they're they're already in like this the metaverse space so i think that will only grow when the next generation also come up because they're already using like they do like Ro- roblox and i mean like sims for example like you could talk about sims being a use case for metaverse like kit like not kids but gen z whatever the the gen z generation um they're already using like the type of infrastructure that the metaverse is and they're just going to keep using it so it's not going to go anywhere if anything when these gen z's come up and they start working they're going to be implementing metaverse nfts into the businesses that they're working in so so yeah, I think I think it's also, here to stay. Culturally, like say, you know, I can't imagine Gen Z, you know, or, or Generation Alpha after that. You know, I, I can't imagine them wanting to deal with banks, like wanting no. to deal with like payroll, you know, exactly. like, 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 you know, the way that, that uh, the, the bureaucracy of work, like right now with DAOs or even with like, um, companies like us like it's so much easier for me i pay people in eth because it's yeah. easier because we are earning in eth you know mm-hmm. we are spending in eth and and it's just so much easier and everything is on yeah. the blockchain you can go in and look at it and you know um the the level of you know and, and everything's happening on discord you know like we just make an a, a agreement and send the money and mm-hmm. you know it, it's just the the speed of operation is yeah. so much faster I actually, I, ha- I had to write a post for LinkedIn this morning for big ideas around uh, the work culture next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about how the, um, the work culture is becoming more and more flat 
and less hierarchical. And it, it started with uh, the startup culture in Silicon Valley, but now it's um, with uh, Web3, it's becoming even more flat. And yeah. uh, the, uh, so the, the big trends is, one is this whole idea of, you know, hiring people from different places. In some cases, hiring people who are pseudonymous that you don't even know who they are, you know, yeah. uh, it's becoming more and more common. Uh, and, and basically you're dealing with people's uh, unchained identity uh, as opposed to their IRL identity. And this whole idea of, you know, paying people uh, with crypto, speeding up the, the whole process. So do you see any of these, um, what, what other kind of like trends do you see in the workspace? And, and actually, you know, we are going to have you on, uh, on Impeak to talk about, you know, Web3 work culture and, and um, you know, working Web3. But what other big trends do you see coming up as a result of Web3? Um, I guess, yeah, going back to what you just said, the fact that people are working anonymous. I spoke to a company actually earlier today and I, they're all anonymous. So I don't have a clue who they are, but, and they were speaking to me with like a voice thing as well. So I could barely hear like their natural voice. Um, but yeah, a lot of anonymous working and I guess, I guess more of metaverse as well. Cause obviously that comes into play quite a lot and could be quite useful for uh, teams who are spread out globally because like we saw with the uh, COVID uh, lockdowns everyone started working from home and to be honest I don't really see the huge need for offices there's like I mean you know we have an office uh, we can choose to be in the office or not but I just don't see the, the point in them like if you can work from home or you can work from a, a cafe or a coffee shop then why not do that? And if we're not working from an office, you know, there's huge potential then for these big buildings to maybe not be there. And then maybe we can have more like wildlife and trees and things like that. So I think there could be a huge shift in an, the typical office environment. I think personally, I think there's no need for it. And I think with technology, how developed it is, there's, there's just no need for anyone to be in the office dealing with each other you can get on a zoom call like we are you're in london and i'm in dubai and we're speaking perfectly fine and the more they develop the metaverse uh, there's obviously huge potential for people to interact within the metaverse in itself um and yeah payments obviously digital payments being a lot quicker uh, more sufficient and everything being on chain so you can actually see what's happening um, so yeah, I think I think that's personally what what I think will happen and what we see happening already, especially with people working more remotely. And I think it makes sense to be honest. Like yeah, definitely. Uh, in general, are you bullish on the future? Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> yes and no. I sometimes I think about this dystopian. Um, a future where like no one's interacting with each other but I I think I'm more bullish like I, I was speaking to someone else the other day as well about uh like VR technologies and I saw a few things online on LinkedIn actually about VR and yeah I think as long as we don't go too deep into it where we're not having human interactions and 
you know, it's like, what was the film, like Ready Player One, where everyone's constantly living in the metaverse. Uh, that would be scary. I, I don't want that. I like, I do like human interaction and I like speaking to people and seeing people's faces. But, but yeah, I think that specifically VR would be very interesting, um, you know, and, and yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm bullish. I'd say I'm bullish, but sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I freak myself out and wonder what what might be. Um, but yeah, generally bullish. I'll t- I'll I'll give you an update answer in like a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it is one of those things that you need to update on an annual basis, maybe even sooner, every six months. Um, you know, yeah. I uh, before being a um, you know uh, Web three entrepreneur, um, the main thing that I. Uh, think I am or I, I always um you know uh, talk about it that way is that um I'm a tech philosopher so mm-hmm. I studied um you know philosophy of um, science and technology and and political philosophy and yeah. I think a lot about these things and I've written a book about the future of work so um I think it's inevitable that um technology is going to overtake us mm-hmm. you know we will initially we will merge with it but eventually it will overtake us and yep. fewer people are having children, you know, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, you know, I, uh, I think as long as life continues and yeah. intelligent life continues, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Just think about the fact that we replaced apes, you know, but, but we still live in, um, you know, they, it's not like they, they went extinct. They're still around. Yeah. Right. Like, so, so, I mean, it could be, it, it yeah. could be quite a nice thing as well because, I know right now people are hustling all the time. Everyone's constantly working. You don't really get a chance to actually sometimes enjoy life itself. So that could be another good use case. You know, people can actually sit back and try and relax for a change, which is not the case at the moment. As long as we don't spend uh, all of our time watching Netflix. <laughs> I know yeah that's that's also the problem that's yeah Yeah, definitely well thank you Macy this has been so interesting very eye-opening it's really good to get an insight look into the way that you guys move to Dubai how how you see the future and I didn't ask you too much about the the inner workings of CoinBiro because you guys do quite a lot of live streaming and and we get a peek a sneak peek uh, over there but um, thank you for everything you're doing. It's it's really important. I think the work that you're, you guys, uh, the team, you know, what you're doing is very, very important. You've had a huge, had a huge impact on educating millions of people. So it's really uh, amazing to see that. And, and I'm grateful for all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me and everything you're doing as well. And we need to definitely meet up in London and have you at the next conference so well you never know I might end up in Dubai <laughs> I know yes I might see you sooner but yeah either way we need to uh meet up again properly and yes. and talk properly but yeah thank you so much for having me it's been really nice chatting with you absolutely thank you I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Macy from Coin Bureau be sure to follow the Coin Bureau YouTube channel if you aren't already doing so If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Aryan Show.